All right, good morning, everybody. You're a social bunch of people, and I love that. Okay, I have no idea how long those pictures are going to slide, but they're amazing. So a huge shout-out to John Carlo and John Lapa for hooking us up. Get a little vision of what your kids got into this weekend, the fun that they had. Um, While I'm throwing out kudos... I think um, I can't even begin to express, and maybe in like a couple weeks, I will have some words to express how I feel about every volunteer that showed up to decorate, every volunteer that showed up to love on your children, and make this weekend possible. So let's give them a round of applause, because they deserve it. While that's still scrolling, I'll go ahead and tell you what we learned. We took a journey from creation to Joshua. Now, we didn't get every single story in, but we highlighted some really great men that did really great things that started with a really humble beginning because it points us back to God making us and making us uniquely and different for a purpose. So um, we're going to let those slide, and I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. This morning is a fun morning for me because oftentimes I'm hiding with your children, and I don't get to tell you the things we learn or express to you the things that are like bubbling up in my heart, okay? So I might be a little expressive, but I work with kids all the time. I use my hands a lot, so I'm going to try not to distract you with my hands, okay? Um, The thing that we ended with was Joshua and the walls of Jericho. So we built a circle-ish here in the front space, And we proceeded to knock it down. All of us adults know that God was powerful enough to knock that down. So if I created confusion with children kicking blocks and they come home and they're like, and then they kick the walls down, you can straighten that up because I tried to express that God did it, but there's a small chance they think that they might have kicked the walls down. So to clarify that, that's what what our object lesson was and we did kick blocks. Um, Can I have Jaden? And Skylar, I think just two hands today, okay? All right, so can you go and start getting those blocks for me? Because I'm going to need them in a little while. I don't need them right now. So when, when you get high enough, I'm going to tell you to stop. But what I want right here is just maybe like three or four and then just stack them as high as you can get them until they start looking wobbly. And I'll try to pay attention to that, okay? Can you put them up here on this stage so everybody can see them? Thank you. Okay. And I'm not going to micromanage that. We're just going to let them stack them. So if they fall, I'm sorry. Um, Okay. So has anyone in this room, kids, heard the story of Joshua before? Yeah. Do we remember that he followed Moses around the wilderness for 40 years? Right? So we learned yesterday that his job, his whole life, had been literally just to follow. He had never really practiced what it meant to be a leader. And the whole time that he was doing this, he may have been aware. Can we start another row right here? Good job. Um, He may not have been aware that in this season of his life, God was preparing him for something greater. That's what I want to talk to us about today rather than focusing on the the walls. Um, Okay, so 
I have been guilty in the past of looking at my position in my life and almost begrudging it. I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I can imagine that there's a couple. So we're, we're stuck in a rut, either financially, emotionally, with our children. Um, and we find ourselves kind of almost maybe depressed, or we find ourselves just stuck. And one thing that really blows my mind about Joshua is that through the whole story of Moses, no one ever said Joshua was depressed. No one ever said Joshua was stuck in a rut. He literally was right there alongside Moses working. And finally, I think your wall is good. Thank you. Finally, Moses gets to this point. Thanks, guys. You can put the blocks up and sit back down. When we get to the point where Moses is preparing to pass the torch of leadership over to Joshua. And Moses gathers everybody together. All right, kiddos, try to, try to listen. I'll try not to bore you today. The, Moses gathers everybody together, and he tells them, look, my time is coming. God has told me that I'm going to be passing on, and I'm going to appoint Joshua as your leader. So the words that he told Moses, and you're going to hear repeated a couple times today because I want them to soak in, is be strong and courageous. He didn't say, you're going to be a great leader. These are all your qualities. Go out and lead fiercely. He said, be strong and courageous. So for Joshua, I figured that was maybe just a little bit intimidating because for years he had just been present. He had just showed up and he had just worked. So I'm going to point us to Deuteronomy 31.6. And I have these marked in my Bible with pictures of my children. He says, and I'm in Joshua, he says in 31.6, bear with me, he says, be strong and courageous, don't be terrified or afraid of them, for the Lord your God is the one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. So the, the be strong and courageous is what I really want to stick today. But I want you to remember the last part of all these scriptures, too, because he doesn't ever say, just be strong and courageous, figure it out, go work out at the gym, read a couple of leadership books, dive into a couple books, self-help books. He says, be strong and courageous because the Lord is going to go with you. So Moses then, like, literally just goes away at this point, all right, to spare any tears. We're going to move on to Joshua 1, all right? So Joshua 1 is where he passes the torch on. And Joshua takes leadership. And the thing that blows my mind about this is his position in life. So many times our position determines what we do, what we think about, how we view our past, and what we do with our future. All right? So Joshua's position didn't teach him to be a leader. Joshua's position didn't teach him to be courageous or strong. How many of you parents have been guilty of asking your kids to flex? Because we like to see little kids go like this. How many of you have looked your child in the eye and said, you are strong because of the God in you, Camden? Not because you can flex and you got these nice little ripples, because I've seen those guns before. That's not what makes us strong. That's not what makes us courageous, right? So his position wasn't as glamorous as most. We're going to I'm going to have him pop up a couple other scriptures for me throughout this, so bear with me through that process. 
King Hezekiah was obviously a king, and King Asa, we're going to talk about him. They're both in Chronicles. Both of these kings were in different positions as well. So Moses' position is he's a leader. Joshua's position is he's a follower. And then we have two kings. One king is like nailing his job, okay? He's a really good king. Nobody likes him. So he's under attack. And when the prophet comes to him, or when the Lord comes to him, he says, be strong and courageous. Second Chronicles 15, 32, 7, I'm sorry, 32, 7. And he says to him, be strong and courageous. Again, But he's not being strong and courageous in the same way that Joshua was being strong and courageous. Joshua had no idea what he was supposed to do to get from point A to B. He just had to follow the Lord. So Joshua spends time with the Lord, and he literally goes out and does what God says. Hezekiah spends time with the Lord, and he goes out and does what God says. King Asa finds himself in a different position. His position is one where he's known what the Lord told him to do, But he's opted out of that. They've built their own idols. They've worshipped their own gods. They've strayed from what they knew in their heart. And in seasons of my life, I've strayed. I've strayed really far because I was chasing what I wanted. I knew what God had in my heart that I was supposed to do, but I just went my own direction. And so that's kind of what King Asa had done. He had made really bad choices. And God sent him a prophet, and he said, Look, you got to straighten this mess up. you got to clean it up because this isn't okay, and God will handle business. And so King Asa immediately straightened up, okay? Each of these men had a few things in common. They heard from God, and they obeyed. Our position in our transitions of life often determine how we view God or how we view ourselves. And as we were communicating to the children, and this applies to me, and I heard these words, and I looked at them for months on end, And I was really blown away because God made me for a purpose. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I see my purpose. Other mornings I wake up and I'm like, I might be missing it. I might be on the wrong track and maybe I can't do this. And that's when these scriptures just keep popping up. And there's so many of them where God says, be strong and courageous. I am with you. Be strong and courageous. I am your Lord. I am your God. Be strong and courageous because I will never leave you or abandon you. And when I feel myself getting into that position, I I literally just seek his face and I'm like, God, I literally can't do this alone. I'm trying to do it alone, but I can't do it alone. So (laughs) can someone help him find his way out? (laughs) King Asa, back to King Asa, okay, because this is the one I love. King Asa had the different story, right? He wasn't chasing after God. He had made his own path, and he had done all the things he wanted to do. But when when the prophet came to him and told him all the things that he had done wrong and all the things he needed to fix, immediately King Asa went out, and he removed all of the idols. That's all it says. It doesn't say he cleaned up behavior. It doesn't say he made changes. It doesn't say he changed the way they look. It doesn't say he changed the way they walked or talked. He simply removed the idols. I am a visual person, so when I read these scriptures, those words popped to me. He removed. So to me, that says, how many times has God talked to me? How many times has God talked to you? And you just kind of move on with life. 
when, and then you're frustrated. You're in this position of something that's not pretty, and you're frustrated over it. But God gave you a clear message and a clear action right here. He says, remove it. Take it out. Break away from it, whatever it is. It can be a person. It can be, I don't want to say a job because I don't want you to quit your job, but it could be a job, and maybe you need to look for another job and then put in your two weeks. Um, So he, (laughs) that was a good plug for any bosses, you're welcome. So he took courage, and he removed the problem. So I challenge you today, take courage and remove the problem. Whatever it may be, if there's something hindering, maybe it's just like I wake up in the morning and I'm too tired to have my devotions before I go to work or before I deal with all the beautiful children God gave me. Okay, take courage. Set your alarm for 5.45 in the morning. Wake up, spend some time with God, and see how that impacts the rest of your day. Um, Know that I don't always do that. Okay, so Asa did this. This was his first step of action, and it doesn't say he took a break. Okay, his position right now is he's moving forward. God gave him a clear action, and he's, he's blazing a trail. He removes all the idols. So then he goes, and he renovates, and he rebuilds the altar of the Lord. They had torn it down, and they had built idols. So they go back, and they renovate, and they rebuild. This one's a little tricky, and I don't want to guide anyone the wrong direction. You cannot rebuild yourself. You cannot renovate yourself. This is the be strong and be courageous because. This is the because part. The Lord is with you. What God will do in your heart is not anything you can do with a self-help book. It starts inside. It starts with what King Asa did and what Joshua did and what Moses did and what Abraham did and what Adam and Eve did. They kind of set it down, right? They spent time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. That's where it starts. So they rebuilt and renovated the altar. So breaking away from what is tearing us down or breaking away from what is, yeah, dragging you down. Change the way you're living. Change the way you're walking. Change the way you're talking. Spend time with God. That renovation, God's going to do it. People aren't going to look at you and they're going to be like, what is different with her? What is different with him? And it's happening on the inside. And I think that even speaks so much louder than you trying to fix yourself. Then he gathered everyone together. This is my little plug for come to church on Sunday, all right? Find a small group, but this is why. If we're all off doing our own things, we aren't one body and we aren't one whole. When they all gather together, there's strength in numbers. I can look at Jason when I'm having a bad day and be like, babe, I'm really down. Or if I need to talk to a girlfriend, I know I can call pretty much all of the women in this church. Like if I need somebody, I have somebody. I might be stretching that a little bit, but he gathered everyone together, so I'm running with it, okay? Because you're not alone, and God never expects us to do this on our own. So don't avoid church or your good friends, and if you don't have them, find them. The last thing he did, no second to last thing he did, is they built an altar and sacrificed, a sacrifice to the Lord. That's a little different in our time because we don't have to fashion altars and we don't have to kill animals and we don't have to do all this horrid things because of the price God paid for us on the cross. So they they did not have that, so they made a sacrifice and they entered into a new covenant with the Lord. Yesterday, we got to sit here and pray with our children and be with our children as we we just kind of confirmed in our hearts, okay, I've already asked God to live in here 
Or I wanna, I wanna ask God to live in my heart and I wanna change the way I talk or I wanna know that God made me for a reason or God is always with me because I've asked him in here and if I've asked God in, I know he stays. Then, so entering into a new covenant. Sometimes that's what we have to do. Even if we've already asked God into our heart, sometimes we have to sit back and evaluate our situation and say it wasn't right and I'm going to draw up a new covenant with the Lord. I'm going to find myself some quiet time and I'm going to sit down with God and I'm going to say, look, I was wrong. These are the things I failed epically at or maybe I've just messed up a tad bit and you and me are going to decide right now I'm going to try harder because while God does the inside work, we have to put a little effort into or a lot of effort into actually walking what we're preaching. Um, Okay, so then the very last, and I love this because he repeats it in creation, where he does it in creation, then he repeats it with Asa, is then the Lord gave them rest. They didn't have to like, they go through all of these steps. They didn't have to continue restoring and rebuilding and making sacrifices. Like they did what God asked them to do and they got everything straight and then they just rested. And there's something beautiful about Knowing that your walk with God, your relationship with God is right because it removes anxiety. It removes stress beyond normal circumstances. It, it, it gives you rest so deep in your heart that you can lay down at night and just sleep. Um, I've been in seasons of my life where sleep isn't a thing. Like my mind just goes. Not because anything bad is happening, but because sometimes I get... I overwhelm myself. Sometimes I give myself too much work and then I can't sleep at night because I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to do this. And today I did all this and did I do it right? King Asa and his people, they didn't do that. They followed all these steps and they rested because they knew that God had them. Everything that they did, they knew that God was with them. My favorite verse in the Bible is Psalms 37, 4. Kenny, I don't think that's in your slides. It's okay. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. And I can personally point back to a time in my life where I followed those steps and God gave me the desires of my heart. So that one is so personal to me. I challenge you when you're spending time with the Lord and when you're renovating and rebuilding and doing all this new stuff that you're gonna walk away doing today, find your verse, pin it up somewhere, put it on your fridge, put it on your bathroom mirror, find a place, stick stick it in your Bible that you're reading every morning. Find a place... Find a verse and find a place to keep it in front of you so you are challenged by it. Because for me, I had to delight myself in the Lord. I had to keep my focus on him. Um, Okay, so each of these men found their position, found themselves in a position of transition. Transition's a thing we all go through. I actually think our season is called rhythms. Is this what we're doing right now? Rhythms. And um, talking about sowing and harvesting and without going into all the details of these men, that's where they found themselves. They found themselves in a themselves in positions of transition from one thing to the next. And God was with them. And they could get through those seasons, those transitions, because they had the Lord with them. And he made them strong and courageous. Um, so I've, off, I've asked myself in the last couple of weeks, how do I respond in positions of transition? What can I do better? What can the Lord do within me to make that change? So your position in transition requires movement. Each of these men got up and moved. I'm going to repeat it again because it stands out to me. Your position and transition requires movement. So 
get up and move. Trusting God in this process is going to strengthen your faith. You're going to be strong and courageous because he will help you. So Joshua, after, I'm going to skip back to Joshua, and we talked about how he crossed the Jordan River yesterday before they got to Jericho. There was an Ark of the Covenant that they carried with them. And when they walked to the Jordan River, God had told Joshua, have, them, have the priest walk in. And when they did, the water split. I gave the kids my version of how I feel like the water split. Ask your children, they'll tell you. It might involve a great big wave and all the water stopped here. They'll tell you. So after the entire nation crossed the Jordan River, the Ark of the Covenant is still in the middle. God tells Joshua, have your men go back to where the the Ark of the Covenant is. Twelve men, the twelve tribe heads, have them gather stones. So all twelve men obeyed and they went right back. They had to move, right? They had to obey. So they go back and they get the, the stones and they take them out and they build a memorial. They literally build a memorial. That might be a little harder for you, but you could get creative. After all this change that you go through, through positions and transitions and, and God rebuilding something in you, I think it's really important to, to build a memorial. You might not have to go gather 12 stones out of a river or your garden, but find something to remind you, something that you can point to and you can say on the front row asleep, my miracle, my memorial. Yeah, my other, my, I mean, my other children are too, but... God gave me her because I delighted in him. I I literally believe that if I would have just done my own thing and kept praying, God, I want more children, he would have been like, okay, Jessica, get your act together, and then I'm going to give you more children. I'm going to do something great in you if you do what I've asked you to do. So my memorial, and I have many more. Each season, it's there. I I write in my journal or I, I do something that reminds me where I came from and what God did in my life. So I challenge you, along with all my other challenges, build a memorial. Plant it really deep in here and deep in here so you remember when you're strong and courageous, how you were strong and courageous. I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go here. Facebook memories. (laughs) We all have them, right? You have Facebook? Anyone have Facebook? You don't have Facebook. That's not true. So if you have Facebook... You know that every morning when you wake up, Facebook says, good morning, Jessica. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Tell the world how you're feeling. Oh, and here, by the way, are some memories. Okay? Remember the memorial I just told you about? There's a memorial for you. I'm a visual person. I take lots of pictures. Why? Because I would remember that moment. I can look at that picture and I can be like I was in a really crappy mood that day everything was falling apart and I I literally disliked that day that's how my mind works right but some pictures I look back at and I'm like wow I remember that season so Facebook is really good about bringing up these memories so this morning I actually got a text from a friend and it had their memory was shared on their wall and they sent it to me And I was kind of humored because I'm like, yep, there it is. Facebook is reminding us what we did. So this is my, the way my brain works. It's easy to look back at a memorial and, and remember, for me, the visual of that was a negative feeling or that was a positive feeling. For them, that memorial was a positive thing. They remembered it, but they didn't just remember it for 
one season. They remembered it in the next season and the next. And the Bible says, to tell jo- God told Joshua, you tell your people to tell their people and their people. And guess what? If we took a journey and we went across that great big ocean, those, those stones are still there. We can still find those stones. And I, I would like to think that there's still people that point back and walk by those stones and be like, wow, look what God did. Do you remember what God did? God, God took us across this river and then this wall, this wall that was in front of us. And then they get to tell their children about the wall. So my take on the wall is a little different than with the kids yesterday. Have you ever built a wall? I don't know if we have any construction men in the house. I'm not talking about that wall. I'm talking about the wall in here. You get hurt. Maybe your friends aren't nice at school. And you look at her and you're like, oh, girl, I don't like your dress either. Right? Or I'm stronger than you. Or you took my fidget spinner. Right? I did take your flying thing. I took a lot of flying things yesterday. Oh, every Sunday I do that. So if it flies, I catch it and I remove it from our, I'm guilty. Anyway, um, that's all it takes, guys. This is why I work with the kids is that is all it takes to get me going down that path. Jesus, help me. So... The stones and the wall. There we go. The wall. The walls that we build. I taught the children about the walls of Jericho. But the whole time in my mind, I'm thinking about the walls I've built in the past and what it looked like when God tore those walls down and what it still looks like when I reach down after he's removed a couple and he's put them over here like as far as the east is to the west. It's really far. It's further than that. And I'm like, yeah, but God, like... I'm still bruised over that. And I put those bricks right back where God removed them from. He removed them. Why would I need to put them back, right? So this this wall to me, don't mind me flipping through these pages because like I, (laughs) I have a book. This wall to me reminds me that When I obey God, and he does that work in my heart, and I go through all those steps, yes, I know I'm going to have to repeat them, and I know I'm going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up, and we're going to put walls back, okay? But the relief of just not hiding behind that wall, when I can just step out a little bit away from it, and that wall's not my problem anymore, that wall's not in my heart anymore, That wall's not in my mind anymore. So when I hug you, I hug you for real. Because that wall, that's not my business. I'm not going to knock that wall down this morning. It's really loud and it sounds really bad. But when they obeyed God and they marched around that wall, they didn't do it once. They circled it. And then God said, blow your trumpets and go rest. And so they did what God told them to do and they went and rest. And then God said, okay, go out and do it again. And so Joshua was like, all right, dudes, march. There they go. They did it again. Their faithfulness to God, their obedience to God, is what tore down the wall. Right? Because I don't think those men, when they were walking, were like, we're going to walk around this wall, and it's going to fall down. We're going to walk around this wall, and God's going to take it brick by brick apart. Or we're going to walk around this wall, and everyone's just going to piece out of the back of it, and then the city's going to be ours. 
I don't think they knew what was going to happen. And I think when they walked around that wall, it was their obedience. Maybe a little bit of faith. Because sometimes that's all we have is a little bit of faith. We don't always have a lot of faith. But if we obey God, if we're strong and courageous with what God puts in our heart, we can walk around that wall confidently. Because we know that God's going to handle that wall. Right? We all know what happened with that wall. We learned about it yesterday, right? Kids, what happened to the wall? It I got it. It fell down. You were listening. It crumbled. It crumbled before their eyes. So I put little cards in front of everybody except anyone who's on the front row and your card's on the back row. Behind you. I'm sorry, on the back pocket behind you. But put these little cards. I told you I was visual, right? I don't anticipate you to be visual as well. I do, want, I do challenge you to find a way. If this works for you, grab one of those cards. If it doesn't work for you, find a way that does. The front of the card just says be strong and courageous because I want to remind you to be strong and courageous. Has any parent ever told their child that is misbehaving, go sit down? Right? Any child, have you ever had to sit in timeout? Raise your hand if you have. Okay. You naughty, naughty children. I'm kidding. You're good kids. Have you ever sat on the wall that mama told you to sit on and you were just like, I'm just going to find somewhere to sit down. Like that? Yeah? I probably could have called one of you up for a better visual. But that's what it looks like when I watch you and you do it, so. Parents... Has God ever looked at you when you open up his word and says, hey, hey, Tara, be strong and courageous because I'm going to distribute all this land that I swore to your fathers right to you. And you're like, but did you see my coworker? She wasn't doing her job and she made me late. And then these people didn't do what I asked them to do. And so... Yeah, sure, God, do what you want, right? This is my position. But what if? What if we changed the way we thought? What if we changed the way we obeyed? And what if I get a little crazy in worship? What if my position changed the way God moved? Forget transition. Forget change. Forget trouble. Forget it all. Forget that wall, right? What if I just literally kept my eyes fixed so strong on Jesus that everything else doesn't matter. That the wall crumbles when God says walk around it or the wall crumbles when I follow whatever direction God has given me. So, the cards. This is what I want to ask you to do today. On the back of the card, it's blank. You can leave it blank. Or you can do what I did and you can write on it. Because... Every morning I wake up and I have a new problem, situation. Every morning I wake up and I have a new thing. Or I have an old thing that that the devil just (laughs) tears out of the closet and says, here, look at this. Look what you did or look what happened because you made that face, right? Write something down. Maybe it's a wall you want to see God crumble right before your eyes. 
Maybe it's a situation that isn't wall-like. Maybe it's just something you want to see God move. Maybe it's water you need parted because you need to get to that other side and you've just been trying to do it by yourself. I just challenge you to write something down. Ask God even, you don't have to write it now. Ask, I mean, write it like in the next 30 days. Write something down somewhere. Either as a memorial of God, you're amazing, thank you. Or these, these are my walls. Can you take them down? And these are the things I'm going to do to prove I need that wall gone because I can't deal with it in my life anymore. So being obedient to God moves our walls. I said all that to tell you that. In the season that you're in, if it's a season of waiting, if it's a season of chaos, God is bigger than your chaos. God is longer than your waiting. And if you took your eyes off of everything that was going on around you and got them right on him and just locked in. I had, I had a friend grab me yesterday with their hands and give me blinders because chaos was ensuing around me, right? Everybody was saying my name and I couldn't even look at the person in front of me because I'm like, and they just went like this and grabbed my face and made me look at them. Sometimes that's all it takes. Someone grabbing you and saying, just look at me. And I feel like that's what God's been doing with me in the last month is Jessica, right here. All of this, God's going to handle. I can't handle that. I can't touch it. One thing I can do, I can be strong and I can be courageous and I can trust God with the outcome because I know that he fights for me. I know he's inside of me and I know that as hard as I try to mess something up, he's going to fix it.